Hello and welcome to another episode of the Auto Trader Cop Podcast. My name is Wendila Sishi. And I'm George Mini. And we have a super interesting show for you guys today. Mm. Um, and I think there's three topics which we'll be talking about. Um, and they're all controversial. So I want to kind of pick your brain and see if we uh, kind of agree or not. Um, but the first one is our car ads getting out of control. Um, I don't know if you've kind of uh, been watching a lot of car ads recently, but I saw a really Sometimes you one. can't avoid them, right? I mean, I, I go and, and try and watch them intentionally. Really? I have a little bit of, it's kind of like my guilty pleasure. Okay. It's watching car ads. And then we'll be talking about if EVs are really the answer. Um, and then last but not least, Hamilton moving to Ferrari, will it save F1? Interesting. Well, controversial for me is when there's two sides to a story, good, two good arguments to a story. Well, we um, like to disagree a little bit, so I think... Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, two sides that are kind of opposing and, you know. Yeah. Um, so, are car ads getting too much? Yes. Why so would you say that? There was, I was reading an article about uh, Toyota recently who were in a little bit of trouble because on Facebook uh, they did an ad which said that there was an all-new Fortuner. Right, and people looked at the car and they were like, "This is not an all new car; it's really a facelift." Um, so, and it's not the first time that um, you know that this has happened where an automaker is in trouble for kind of using words or semantics, really, which weren't necessarily true. Um, um, and you know, kind of Toyota went to the board and said, "You know, it is an all new car; it's just a facelift ultimately." But people didn't really appreciate that. Um, so, I don't know how you feel about that. Do you think semantics is um is an important thing when it comes to advertising a product or a new sort of service. Um, so when you change something, <clears throat> how much of it do you need to change in order for it to be new? What percentage? I would say a good 40%. Where do you get that number? Uh, that's just purely off of my, you know. Okay, so, so you know, I think it's debatable you could change 10% of something and it could feel all new to one person mm. and feel all the same to another. You could change 40% of something and it feels all new to one person, all the same to another. Um, you know, so so it depends really on how much of the car was changed. I mean, Apple, Apple goes through this a lot, right? Mm. So especially in the beginning of when people were starting to get used to the technology a little bit. The software was updating quite rapidly. Uh, things that you can't necessarily see, um, and people say it's the same thing, but it's not the same thing, right? Like it's the processing is a lot better. There's a lot of the, the experience that's that's all new, um, whereas the, the tangible what you see is not necessarily like yeah a big game changer. I mean, if it was a totally different Fortuna, mm. then it wouldn't be a Fortuna. Yeah, um, for sure. There's got to be the essence of what the car actually was, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in that in that model, um, and then it's about kind of a subjective judgment of how much of the car needs to change in order to be new or not new. Yeah, <coughs> that makes sense. I mean, in terms of this specific ad and this specific fortune, so there's new lights, new bumpers, new wheels, and some cosmetic changes. But ultimately, it was a um, a, a facelift. Ultimately, um, and what's the definition of a facelift? I think the internals are still the same in terms of the platform of the vehicle. Um, and it's it's more of a cosmetic sort of um, thing that, that, that changes more than anything else. Um, and that's what people had some, some issues with. And in fact, the 
advertising board did actually rule with the complaints. Mm. Um, they so ruled so what? With with the complaint, the complaints. Complainant. Yes. Yeah. Um, and said that it is slightly misleading, but you know, kind of Toyota stood by the ground and said it is it is a new fortune. Ultimately, it is a new fortune. Um, it's just kind of semantics that got them in a little bit of trouble there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I think it. I think it'd be down to <clears throat> a lot of subjective things. Yeah, um, it's not necessarily like there's 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 no way like a BMW 3 Series <clears throat> when they changed the entire front grille of the car, right? But the interior stays exactly the same mm. or very similar. Or was that load shedding? That was. <laughs> Um, no, when the, the interior of the BMW stays the same. I mean, you're a BMW fan. Yeah. Have you seen two different cars from one year to the next where the interior is largely the same, mm. but the front grille changes, that kidney shape changes? Mm. It's a cosmetic change. That's that's really... But is it an all-new 3 Series? Um. Oh, you see, now you're even questioning <laughs> it. Well... <sighs> I see exactly what you're saying. I think it's still very much still a new vehicle if... It's subjective. Yeah, it is very subjective. And I think it's important to spotlight what those new things are for, for you to say it's new. But I can understand in some scenarios where uh, somebody may think that they're buying a brand new product and it's not necessarily a brand new product. It's the same platform, interior still the same, and it's just gotten you know, wider arches, for instance, and now it's being called new. Um, I don't think yeah, that's but I mean, you're 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 even you're even being subjective in choosing the elements yeah. that are changing. Um, um, but, but another should another should marketers be kind <coughs> of you know. But how uh, far do you go? How far can you go? How far do you allow? That's why I say it's subjective. Yeah. Um, changing just one thing on a vehicle makes it an all new product, in my opinion. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm no advertising standards regulator, mm. but if you change one thing on a particular product, it changes the product. Mm. Um, you know, so so for me, it's very subjective. It's one person's opinion versus another. So in America, this is a another big issue because I, I watch a lot of um, of basketball um, mm. and. Usually I have to stream it from like a VPN just so I can get the feed. The whole new LeBron James. The whole new LeBron James. And they, the, the ads in America are a lot different. They are, they are a lot more theatrical, a lot more Hollywood sort of driven. Um, and right now, car manufacturers are in, in hot water in America because they are promoting this idea that like when you buy a car, it's going to be like the, you know, the Fast and Furious movie. Essentially, It'll be a flying DeLorean from Back to the Future. Exactly, or you'll be able to now drift, and you can do all these crazy things with these cars. Um, and now they're being regulated now in America to stop this idea and, and these semantics, ultimately, of saying that you know if you buy this new car, you'll be the best driver in the world, essentially. Um, so you know, as a marketer myself, I think. But you know that ad, ads in America, yeah, to my knowledge, ads in America. Are one minute long. Mm. Ads in South Africa are thirty seconds. Mm. Right? Why is that? I don't know. Because all of these disclaimers mm. and the legal repercussions in the United States. Mm. So they have to have all of these disclaimers actually mentioned in the ad, mm. and their ads are one minute long. Um, we might be going down the same road. But 
Okay, well, the, the research in America found that if you look at the ads there, um, more than half of them feature dangerous driving behavior. No, I'm not speaking to that. I'm talking about all the disclaimers that that they have to mention yeah. um, from the Advertising Standards Board. If you add a disclaimer, does it still make the dangerous driving okay? No, not necessarily. Yeah. I think it can still be detrimental. Um, and it's kind of hard to say because the disclaimers, I think it's important. I mean, I think common sense also needs to kind of prevail and be like, this is clearly an, 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 an adverse, not necessarily the true driving experience. Mm. And those ads do usually say, there's a stunt driver, it's closed off, drive safe at the end. They, they usually do say that. But, I mean, it's, an, it's sensationalizing a, and, and a very emotive experience. Um, well, look at what happened to, I think it's Red Bull. Yeah. With uh, Red Bull Gives You Wings. Mm. And to my knowledge, I think they had to change the ads because they were promoting flying. <laughs> <laughs> you see, it's dangerous. Some, people, some people take will it literally. see it and be like, yeah. This you is. know, so now I'm not condone, condoning it, yeah. but like... <laughs> You, you, you got to, as a as a normal human being, you've got to like look at that and say, oh, "I can't drive." Surely like I that. can't. Yeah, and surely yeah. I can't fly. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so I understand what the what the reasoning is behind it because you do get some people that will kind of go out and think that they can fly, mm. and you want to avoid that. Mm. Um, but you know, you can't take an advert literally. Mm. Um. At what point? Do that's you like that's like going to the movies and and, and thinking you can be Superman because and thinking that like those things are real. If you let a bat bite you, you'll be like Batman. Or, yeah, or if you you'll be, be a, like yeah. you'll be a vampire or something. You know, <laughs> the, all the zombie movies. <laughs> um, so so how far do you go? You so, know, in regulating this stuff. I mean, there are numbers. There are <laughs> Eventually, numbers. you'll have a talking head like <laughs> this is a Toyota Fortuner. <laughs> It has four doors, (laughs) and it is not brand new from its previous counterpart. (laughs) We change the wheels. (laughs) Exactly, it's it's going to take a lot of. This is so boring, yeah, (laughs) for sure. But there are numbers to justify where some of these regulators are coming from. No, I mean, I think there's a place for it. I think there's a place for telling the truth, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, if if you can't portray something, um, you can't portray. Some uh, uh, the features are something that it's not. Mm. Feature a car, you know, as something that it's not. Mm. You know, um, or break the law. So I understand drifting in the streets; it breaks the law. You can't do it. Mm. You know, so would it be right for an ad? I don't know. Let the regulators deal with that. Mm. But as a watcher of that ad, I'm not sitting there thinking, "Hmm, okay, I can drift better in this car." <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay. I mean, there are numbers to back it up. So in, in America, for instance, where this driving behavior is becoming, for this dangerous driving behavior and ads are very prevalent, there are more crashes versus countries where they have kind of banned and stopped um, advertisers from promoting that. For example, Australia and Canada, they discourage car companies from even doing anything like that. Yeah. The, as they are a lot more, it has four doors, that sort of thing, um, where they just kind of, they're selling the USPs and not necessarily an experience or sensation. Um so, you know, I, I don't know if you can match those two things and be like, this is exactly why, this is the reason. Um, but it's interesting to see that these be, these behavioral things are coming up in scenarios. Where well, how does, it, how does it get to those extremes? It's one advertising agency 
trying to trump the previous advertising agency with the previous car. Oh, um, uh, that 4x4 ramped over the mm. um, mound of dirt uh, and made it to the other side. Um, okay, well, how can we make it even more extreme? And I, and I think it's just really the competitive nature of the ad agencies. It's like, yeah. okay, we've got to make this even more extreme. Jump it over Table Mountain. <clears throat> you know, and then it starts becoming stupid. Mm, 100%. Moving on to the next topic is, so rusty electric vehicles may be a mis- an expensive mistake. Um, so that was a title of, well, I've kind of, kind of tweaked it a little bit, but just off of that title, do you think that electric cars are an expensive mistake in terms of your experience in introducing EVs in any sort of country? Yeah, I don't know. This doesn't compute in my head. So... <clears throat> So the, 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 it's a it's a it's a it's a known fact, right? Yeah. That the production of the EV, all of the carbon, or not all of it, most of the carbon emissions, um, happens up front at the manufacturing stage. Okay. So so let's let's talk about carbon emissions separately from technology. Yes. So all of the carbon emissions are front loaded. It takes about eight years, maybe seven. Yeah. For an ICE vehicle to become, to break even with an electric vehicle, mm-hmm. right? Because the ICE vehicle, it's manufactured, uses a certain amount of carbon, or should I say, puts out a certain amount of carbon, and then, and then use a, and then puts carbon out into the atmosphere for the next couple of years, right? That break even point is still quite long. Mm. But after that, the EV wins. Mm. Okay. Um, so that's carbon from a carbon footprint point of view. The EV will win in the long run. Mm. People are complaining about the front loading of the carbon uh, footprint. From a technology point of view, 200 moving parts versus 2,000 moving parts. Yeah. Longer service cycles. Mm. No oils and lubricants. 100%. Um, simpler technology quieter technology um noise pollution zero yeah you tell me where the mistake is so a lot of the people who are saying that uh evs are potentially a mistake and i think that is a very very loaded statement but what they're really speaking to is this idea that we're moving too fast in terms of how we're forcing policymakers to you know force car companies and everyone to adopt to them. Um, there's a large, there's a lot of people who speak to this idea that we need to get, one, the grid ready, two, to have smart cities and kind of facilitate the change instead of setting up these laws which force people to move in that direction too fast. Um, and a large part of it has to do with, once again, CO2 and the production of EVs um, versus us being able to facilitate that environment and the ecosystem. Do you think that if we left it up to um, just natural adoption, is that what you're talking about? Will we ever get there? No, we'll never get there. We'll never get there in our lifetime. Yeah. So so in some ways, forcing it will cause the other things to kind of fall in place. place. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so we're not, so we we take, sometimes taking the natural course is taking the windy road. It's taking long. Mm. Um, so I don't think forcing it is a bad thing. Okay. Um, yes, wh- it's going to cause pain. Of course it's going to cause pain. For sure. 
you know, electricity grids have to be upgraded. Um, you have to have, you know, it'll it'll begin to force uh, uh, um, vehicle to grid, which then um, uh, will force the Internet of Things, cars talking to different other, you know, different 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 um, things like traffic lights or um, or you're home knowing when you're five blocks away and yeah. switching lights on, you know, those kinds of things. So it'll force those types of technologies, mm. which will then get us there faster. I think in South Africa, we actually have the opposite problem. I feel that we are moving in a situation, because pe- most people aren't buying, well, the, mo- the large majority of South Africans aren't ready to make that, uh, that adjustment yet. However, our grid um, is moving at a rapid pace in terms of the ecosystem of supporting our grid. Um, electric vehicles, not just grid, but the entire ecosystem of, of EVs, of EV ownership. Um, our, our grid is broken. <laughs> outside of our electricity <laughs> issues. <laughs> I mean, to support EV drivers. I mean, I, I read an article out there that said that um, there's a company that's, you know, kind of speed lining, setting up charging stations. I think they're going to ensure that there'll be a charging station for every 150 Ks. Um, so it's things like that, which and you've spoken about it. Already grid cars is put up in most exactly. on all major highways a, a charging station every 200 k's exactly so so now there's even more there's even you know more. the more providers the more suppliers the, 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 the more EV charging stations we we get set up <clears throat> the better for the transition to EVs although that side of the infrastructure is far ahead of the actual adoption yes of the EV that's what I mean yeah um, to a factor of about Four to five times. Mm. Okay, we've got more charging stations than if, per EV than any other country in the world, mm. which which then means that our problem is EV adoption, not infrastructure. Yes, the grid, all that stuff. That's a valid point. I'm talking about charging stations being actually laid down. Yes. There's enough of those. Um, uh, we need the adoption, and the adoption is only going to come when there is support from uh, um, policymakers. Mm. I mean, we're going to keep watching this, and I think, to your point, in South Africa... Alternatively, there's going to be Chinese variants. And I've seen a few I've seen a few automakers actually bringing in in the next coming months, so I think we'll start to see that quite a bit. Um, but ultimately, you don't need a 400-kilometer sort of range EV um, as kind of the only option. I think that the smaller... 90% of the car gets used in the city. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you, you maybe sp- spend... Ten percent of your time driving long distance. Um, not everybody's driving Durban every single week. You go on maybe what a couple of a couple of holidays a year. Mm. Uh, most of the time you're driving home to work, home to work. I use twenty percent of my battery a day, maximum. The twenty thirty five days. Do you think that's too soon? Well, <clears throat> let's take a page from Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. He creates ambitious targets mm. and then misses it not by much. Okay, and that's that's what you think this is. Set it, set down the dates, and let everything kind of work towards towards that. If we miss it by if a couple of it, years, I mean, no gonna, nothing's gonna happen, right? So no, it's it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you know, if we don't hit twenty thirty five, well, if we hit twenty thirty eight, great. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I think it's a fantastic result. Hundred percent. The last controversial topic um, <laughs> that I want to bounce with you is I read this article about two days ago that said that Ferrari are preparing 50 million USD which is about 960 odd million rand billion um, rand billion rand a billion 
just under a billion yeah mm. yeah um for 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 Lewis um at the end of the season and i think if that happens so i think it's important to so how i see f1 and how i see Lewis hamilton and how i see mercedes is very different from like from my perspective which so, so see here's a question would you support ferrari if lewis moved i wouldn't but i, I would support lewis so you, yeah that's that's being like half pregnant no, i think you can love a driver and not necessarily support <coughs> the team See, I've I've always liked Mercedes from a while back. I believe in in kind of how they play, and I love Toto more than anything else. Um, but I love Lewis as as a personality and as a driver. And I think if you move to Ferrari, it's the best thing for him right now. And I think it's going to save F one. F one. I think it'll <laughs> save Ferrari. Yeah, I do. I do. I do agree with you, though. I think. Um, I think. Uh, I think Ferrari could do with a driver like Lewis. Mm. Um, he might be. He might follow in the footsteps of uh, of Schumacher, mm-hmm. um, and and bring the Ferrari team to the nature that a team should be. Yeah, you know, because at the moment they're all pulling in different directions. I think um, Leclerc is he's a little bit of a one lap wonder. Yeah, um, I think he's got a lot of potential, but he goes he goes over the edge. And when he goes over the edge, he crashes spectacularly. For sure. Um, and uh, you know, so so I think Lewis moving to Ferrari could be a good thing for Ferrari. I don't know about saving F one because what you're assuming there, I suppose, is that Lewis winning in a Ferrari would bring attention to F one. I think Alonso winning in a Aston Martin would bring attention to. No, F1. I think I think the whole very attention to Aston Martin, but people, a lot of people watch F one for Ferrari. You know, a lot of people were introduced to the sport because of that. And I think whether you like the team or not, what they bring to the table is massive. And if you can put those two mm. things together, I am happy with anybody that beats yeah. Red Bull. Yeah, at this point, at this point, because they're way too far in the mm. front of the field. Everyone's denying right now. Ferrari's saying it's not happening. Uh, I don't. Want, I don't. Want, I don't want Red Bull to lose. Yeah, but you want to be. You want to see me like challenge. But they, 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 need to. They need to have the work cut out for them. Yeah, I think they're a brilliant team. I mean, geez, like we can, we can take a page from their uh, their team effort and their team for sure. work. For sure. But, but they, you know, it's them and then everyone else. Yeah, everyone else is battling each other, but no one's really battling them. Yeah, it's the two drivers. Um, Max and why? Why Lewis. would? Why do you think Lewis wouldn't go to um, Red, Red Bull? Because of uh, no, because it's two thousand one. I think that was too painful for him to accept, uh, and I think his values don't align with the team. Why? The team is kind of like a maverick in 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 kind of the way they they operate, and I think Lewis. Or do you think it's because it's not a car brand? No, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that. No, no. I think he he. He wants the good fight, the fight that's legendary, historic, and you know has a lot of that kind of the ethos. Um, and team is such a big thing for him. I don't think he lines much with um, with Helmet and and Horner. So I I don't know. I think it's more about uh, Verstappen. That too. You know, um, can't have two two chefs in the kitchen. Yeah, I, I think the two of them would knock heads for sure. And then and then they'd probably bring the whole team down. Yeah, I want to see things shake up. Anyways, like I just want to see anything happen in the next. Show. Well, talk about that. Could could you have two world championship drivers in one team? 
Is it? Do you think? It, do you think it's a detriment to the team, or do you think it's a, a benefit? I think it's a detriment. I think it's a detriment. We've had it before. We've had it with 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 Lewis and Alonso when they were on a team. I mean, that was just turmoil throughout. They were fighting each other. Was Lewis a, was Lewis a champion by then? Uh, he. I know Alonso was a two time champ at the time, and Lewis. I don't think Lewis was a champion at that point. I think he already gotten. No, it was his first season. It was first season. Exactly. Yeah. So that that's not really two world champions. But the mentality was there. I mean, he was really no, no, fair enough. But what I'm saying is, like, seven times world champion, four times world champion in the same team. Yeah, and 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 in close to each other, and still fighting for more, both of them. Yes, so it's tough to manage. So to have a seven time world champion like uh, uh, Lewis and Verstappen yeah. in the same team now, <laughs> I think it would be a detriment in any team. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Let's see what happens. I hope he goes there. I know what's going to happen to because I think Charles would stay and, and Signs would move. Um, but you know, whatever happens, I'm I'm there. If Lewis goes to Ferrari. I might just support Ferrari again. If Lewis moves to Ferrari, I'll be happy for both of you. <laughs> 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 That's pretty much all the time we have for today. Thank you so much, George. I'll Thank you, one dealer. Search Auto Trader. <laughs>